So what's it like to stand inside a nostril? Smelly. How has your Sunday been? Oh, pretty good, actually. Yeah, I've done um, some molding uh for those little face things which has been fun i'm going to remold them because i printed the jackets in uh in pla and uh, i've assembled them and poured them up in silicone so that's gone well i can't wait to see how the finished thing turns out i've been building masks all day oh really have you <laughs> yeah fitting fitting little little n95 uh filter pieces into into nostril holes and attaching ear straps and Whew. Wow. A lot of a lot of masks I'm making. Fantastic. But I'm having a good time and, and Donna's been helping out. She's she's been great. Trimming and trimming and base painting. Yeah, it's it's nice to have family. Yeah, well, it's nice when you were pulling in family, then you know, you know you got a, a serious order on the go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember the effects lab? Yeah, I do. The forum. Mm -hmm. After our conversation with Lars yesterday, I had a dream about Joe Lester last night. Did you know? And the and the effects lab. It was it was it was bizarre. It was just flooding all this stuff back, you know, with I think I think that's how, how Lars and I first met originally is through the uh, through the forum. Uh, yeah. And so so many many guys made contact and gals made contact through the effects forum. It was it was really nice. And I think Joe's brother is actually trying to to resurrect it, put it back, put it back together. Yeah, it was a really cool logo, wasn't it? The image of, of the heads and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, well, uh, there was also a, a ton of great information. Yeah, well, it was before Facebook was really a thing, wasn't it? Before so. Facebook, and yeah, I think MySpace might have been the only internet social media when when the Effects Lab was going strong. Yeah. Yes, no, I do remember it very fondly. And uh, yeah, it was one of those places where not many people knew about it unless you were, you know, doing stuff. And it was quite a, a sort of niche little club, I guess, like Facebook groups yeah. are now. But it was just it was just kind of cool where you'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't realize I could speak to so and so. And I'm pretty sure I, I think it was maybe Doug Drexler or something. I, I kind of commented on something because I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, where else are you going to find like a route to be able to speak to somebody, when, you know, when that was still a novelty? Yeah, it was great. And I think Joe even put together a dinner one one night um, during uh, one of the LA IMATS um, shows that a, a ton of people, I was back, back when uh, Guy Louis was still alive, you know, created a fuse effects paint system. And it was it was really a, a ton of fun. Oh, man. Good times. So anyway, I was thinking about that after our conversation yesterday. Oh, cool. That's good. They prompted that memory. And it made you, you know, have, have weird effectsy based dreams. <laughs> yeah, which which happen fairly regularly. <laughs> now, I had um, I noticed on a forum uh, there was a question about uh, life casting hands, and I was just going to run it by you to see what your take on it, on it was. And that was, um, it was basically, someone was asking about life casting hand, should they use uh, silicon like body double or something like that. And in my experience, I personally, it, it obviously depends what the end result is for. But most of the life casts I do, probably like for you, are for effectsy things. So I'm gonna be using them as a core to sculpt something on for a pair of gloves, or I'm going to be making like a pair of hands or something that's going to go on a dummy. So I'm of the opinion that I would personally, usually, not always, but usually, I will do an alginate live cast of the hand uh, 
because if you fill it with plaster that's very brittle and the fingers are likely to break what you can do is you can break the alginate off because you're not you're not pulling a hand out of something um, and you're not going to want to cut up a, a silicon life cast because that's kind of an expensive thing to do so i i prefer to do get an alginate hand cast and then either either for a one-off hand for a, for a dummy you can fill it with plat platinum silicon and pull it out and there's no danger of it bonding because alginate doesn't bond to the silicon so you don't have to worry about being careful with release agents and if it's plaster or if it's going to be um, a molten plastiline like you melt down monster clay or something then again you can rip off the alginate leaving the thing undamaged and here's the thing you're going to almost always get some artifact air bubble distortion maybe the fingers are too close together there's some modification you're going to need to do to that cast afterwards and i would rather do that to something that i can rip the alginate off and then i've got this thing that i can fix rather than a silicone that's why personal opinion i just wondered if i run it by you and see if you felt the same way or if you had a different take on it yeah no i i i agree with you i think for for a one-off definitely want to do alginate because silicone doesn't doesn't make any economical sense just for a one-off um but if you're going to be doing if you're going to depends on the position of the hand too yes that's true i think if you're going to be doing your hand splayed out flat like a you know wide open hand so you can sculpt a glove on it you could go either way um you yeah. know with silicone you can you could do a slice if you if you do keys and then do a a two-piece front back plaster plaster shell you could you could basically slice up the fingers to get the plaster piece out yeah. and it'll it'll put it'll it'll go back together if you especially if you've keyed it yeah it'll go back together uh, inside that shell and have minimal cleanup. I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of cleanup regardless of, of which way you're doing because there's going to be air bubbles trapped or you might might have had a pocket so you didn't get a fingertip quite going right. Or if you're doing a, a hand where the fingers go into a bowl and, you know, fingers down but they're they're curled so that the fingertips are actually pointing back up again yeah, yeah, yeah. you're never you're never going to get material up in those fingertips so there's going to be re-sculpting involved there yeah well i just i have visions of like slicing up the 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 silicon to get the thing out and so now you've spent a lot more money on the silicon for the hand cast and then you don't know that it's kind of fucked until you get it out and and yeah. you had to cut it to get it out. So now you've got an expensive mold that you put a thousand slices down, and your cast is fucked. Whereas if it's alginate, yeah. you were never going to save it anyway. You've got it out in you one. You know, an alginate no is thing. so much less expensive. Yeah, it is. And do you do that? I mean, do you do? Do you prefer to have like a big tub of alginate you stick the hand in and, and do it that way, or do you like to dress it up the side so that you actually, you know, it's it's more effort, but you kind of use less alginate. I mean, I kind of like the idea of sticking it I've in the tub. I've done it both ways. I've I've actually built a built a, a jig for doing for doing hand casts where I can adjust the size of of the box that that the hand's going to go in. So if you're doing a fist, it, it might have to be a little bit wider than if you're doing the hand yeah. out flat. Um, so I'm, I've got it's, it's over in the other part of the shop. I might maybe dig it out and take some pictures okay. of it. If anybody's interested, because it's basically two L's that go together that you can can adjust the size of how the yeah, box okay. fits together. It seems to me that your 
um, as well, if you're going to do like a hand cast for an appliance where you're not like a glove is one thing that you pull on, but if you're just doing the, the, the back of the hand as an appliance, yeah, uh, you could probably lay it out on the table and then you could use silicon or alginate for that because you can get the hand out easily because the, the yeah. palm is not actually involved in the life cast, is it? It's just the top of the hand because you're needing yep. knuckles, but it's always for those things, it's getting those fingers splayed apart so that you can actually get between them, you know, when you want to sculpt them. But I, I've had in the past, what I've had to do with plasters is I've had to slice down them with a saw to, to move the, the fingers apart because you can't just move the fingers apart. You actually need to move the hand as well. It's really hard to, to do that if you're sticking the splayed out hand down into a, a bucket of, of goo, because when you can't see what your fingers are doing, you may think that your hand is, is still out as far as you can get it, but your hand's going to relax when it's in there and you wind up getting narrow spaces between the fingers that you hadn't intended. Which, you know, if you're doing like a dummy, like a, like a, like a dead body or something, you need a hand to look relaxed, then that, that pose is exactly right. Yeah, and then and out of that you could probably just you know fl flood it with silicone and pull it out in one go and fix whatever air bubbles you have. But yeah, you're right. Otherwise, you've got to kind of go in there because you think you swear blind your hands, especially if it's co really cold water. You know, if it's icy cold, your yeah. hands go numb. You're not quite sure, and you've got to hold it for five minutes. And there's a big body of alginate, so it takes longer to go off because it's so cold and it stays cold. Um, well, I've actually had to do to do life casts of of hands and feet of of deceased family members and i mean just the act itself is is a little a little troubling but because you you're not you have no control of wh over what the hand's going to do yeah. when you when you put it in the in the goo and you you only want to have to do it one time yes yeah, yeah of course and also <laughs> so there's no heat from the body to to speed things up which you're used to so it's going to take a little longer i suppose as well yeah so that's yeah. just uh, the whole thing's a bit upsetting and unpleasant uh, but yeah, no, I know a few people have had to do that for jobs and stuff. It's not something I've ever done and I don't know if I could do it, but um, I think it's probably an important thing to be able to do because yeah, you know, it's a, it, that's the thing about life casting as opposed to scanning. It's, it's the real thing, you know, it's a, a copy of the actual moment of that time. And, um, you know, they're quite special. I think life casts in that respect. It's, it's why there's such a, such a, a market for the collectibles of, of them, you know, I I know you've got some. I've got a, a wall full of them, and you know, Bill Forsh makes a a pretty good living out of uh, doing doing the life casts of of you know Vincent Price and Lon Chaney Jr. and you know it's it's amazing. I've got a Heath Ledger and I've got a young Vincent Price and an old oh, wow. Vincent Price. I actually have I actually have John Dillinger's death mask from uh, from his autopsy. Yes. After the FBI gunned him down in in front in front of a movie theater. Yes, I remember seeing you know, so with the with the bullet yeah, hole in his face. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, see, you can see under his under his eye. Yeah, if you um, look at the if you look at the photograph of him laid out on the on the slab in the morgue, with his head kind of cocked to the side, it's exactly the same pose of of the life cast. Yeah, he's still got like a player's expression on his face, isn't he? <laughs> Even if yeah, he's still like still very relaxed. 
Oh my gosh. So uh, yeah, so that was just my thought with that. Um, yeah, I've been molding uh, in you know silicon in these um, these jackets and everything, and yeah, it's kind of fun. What I have started doing a lot more is like fla flaring out the the sides of the mold, just like one degree, because you can do that in very yeah. easily, and it just gives you just enough to help pop things out because it's amazing how much suction there is in those things because it's the little build lines because it's a jacket. I haven't mm -hmm. got particularly tight, you know, layer heights. And then it leaves a series of little ridges that, that kind of key is. So if you slightly flare out your walls, um, that seemed to help quite nicely, which was cool. So uh, in the uh, the interview this week, we're chatting to Lars Carlson. Um, we had a really good chat and it was interesting that he talked a, uh, quite a bit about using uh, fairly new technology like virtual reality and scanning for theater stuff, which you don't necessarily think yeah. is the case. You think yeah. of it as old school, but... He does a lot of... I mean, but not just re small, small regional productions, but he does big operatic mm. stuff. He some major theater in Sweden. Yeah, it's amazing that it, it never ceases to amaze me. When I was teaching in Germany, I was quite surprised how much uh, theater and particularly opera there is. And I think that's because of that. There's a lot of good schooling over there in, in Germany and, and a lot of the Scandinavian countries. There's a lot of um, a lot more uh, serious work that goes into it and when you see folios from people from there there's there is a marked difference i've noticed in the quality of particularly hair stuff um but really mm -hmm. really good education that goes on over there i think because of that because there's a real possibility you know when you leave there that there are there are things for you to do because well up until the whole lockdown business you know theaters were, were a big thing and um it, yeah well, that was a big part of my yeah, income well, was well yeah hopefully i'll be coming around I mean, the thing is, theatre is one of those things that it, it can happen on, on on such a varying scale. I mean, I know some people do like some musical theatre stuff and their budgets are so small, but they can do stuff and they have the autonomy to do a lot of things. Whereas with a movie, you know, you're kind of tied into distribution and filming locations and it's a much more expensive and lengthy undertaking. So the theatre things can happen, you know, on different scales can happen. Well, I think you have a little bit more um, stylistic mm -hmm. freedom with an approach to theater productions that you do with television and film though i've seen some great movies and, and tv shows that employ some theater techniques with with blackouts and single spotlights and some some nice changes mm -hmm. that way but with theater you know hair is a big part of it and lars is is a master wig maker does does tons of hair. I mean, there's virtually nothing he doesn't do. He makes eyes. He's he's doing the scanning. He sculpts with the Oculus medium, which I'm I'm stoked. I would like to give that a shot. Yeah, I'm looking at that for Christmas, thinking <laughs> if I can convince everyone to club together. Uh, but yeah, mostly. why not? Yeah, no, it looked amazing. So uh, so yeah, that was a really really good chat and well worth listening to. Um, and we'll put the links to his website because he's got a web shop and everything and some really cool videos on his thing. And also a, sil a silicon calculator. If you're trying to work out deadener, like you've got a, an amount of silicon you need to fill a mold and you want to try different amounts of deadener, but the end weight of everything has to be the same. He's got a calculator. You can just punch in your numbers and saves a lot of headaches. So uh, we should tell more people about that because a lot of people, whenever I tell someone Absolutely. about that, they're like, really, there's a calculator? Yes, <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. It's very cool. There's a guy that I work with a, a fair bit called James Adams, and we, we were teaching at the Ivo, and he's got a really cool um, 
a thing that we, we when we're sculpting and, and uh, we mold the pieces, we say to everybody, you know, uh, when you open your mold out, keep all the all the the plastiline of the sculpt and the flashing, you know, and roll them up into a couple of balls. So you've got a ball that's your, you know, your appliance and a ball of of clay that's your flashing because sometimes they're different clays, you know, um, and then weigh them yeah. and then use them to 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 gauge how much silicon it takes to fill that mold. So and he had a really good. Uh, he, he'd worked out the um, the formula for it and we do it on the board. We go through each student's mold and it took a little bit of time to weigh their stuff and then put it on the board. And then we go through the numbers and, and how much of that is A, how much of it's B and how much of it is um, Deadner LV to get to 180, 190%, uh, sorry, 100% Deadner or 95, 90% Deadner. Um, and it was just brilliant and it took a bit of time but when we ran them like literally nobody had any waste it was amazing and when you've got like 10 or 12 students you know all that waste because what what mm. normally happens you've probably seen this as well if you've got a large group of people you all mix up like two or three flesh tones because you haven't got the time to mix each one or if you do mix up each one everyone mixes up like you know way more than they need because you don't want to run out and then when you've done your job suddenly you've got all these like cups of a little bit of A, a little bit of B, and, and, and Deadna left over, and no one wants to take it with them. You can't transport it because there's no lid for the cup, or, and it's, it became such a wasteful thing. So we started doing this thing, and it takes time, like I say, to do the maths, but it saves a lot of hassle, and it's a really good thing to practice if you're trying to you know, ease up on materials. Does the calculator do volumes as well? Because I usually mix my silicone by, by, by volume, not weight. No. I mean, well, I guess you could work out the volume easy enough because you just smash it into a cube and then you know that'll give the volume but the i i guess you would then do the volume as, as deadner but i don't know with silicon it's a different thing because here's the other thing i noticed what was it I, I was making some molds for something and i made the inserts in two different silicons so i poured one insert in one silicon and then i wanted to try another silicon and i pulled them up and i weighed them i had this notion that you could just weigh the the plastiline and that weight would be the weight of the silicone required to fill it but if silicons can vary then you know completely different materials could vary and i guess the only way yeah, well that's why that's why i do volume because yeah. you know I, I basically do a water displacement or you know just guesstimate what the volume is based on how much airspace there is in the clay when i put it in a in a container that i know the volume of. right so if you have a volume you'd work out the volume as a cubic whatever centimeters and then you then then yeah. assign that the proportions accordingly so if you're going to do 100 percent plat gel 10 it'd be 20a 20b and then 40 deadner based on if you if you had a total yeah. of, of of 80 cubic centimeters or whatever or 80, 80 milliliters, I guess that would be. I don't know. Do you work out in the States? Do you work your volumes like that in metric or do you still use an imperial? I, I still do imperial. I'm still using ounces. Okay. And so whatever works for you is, is going to be the thing because the volume remains yeah. the same, doesn't it? It's just a different way of describing it. It's whatever you yeah. work quickest yeah. in, I suppose. All right. Well, let's listen to the wisdom of Lars and uh, our little chat that we had about theater stuff and, and, and makeup effects in Sweden. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Yeah, and it, and from some of the posts, from the some of the posts that I've seen you um, put up on social media about some of the, you know, the theater productions that you've worked on, it looks like you're you're able to do much bigger um, prosthetic applications than the shows I'm I'm able to do over here uh, on a regional yeah. scale are able to do where it's you know I I wind up nine times out of 10 having to teach my actors how to do everything themselves because it's just not in the budget to have to have somebody 
available for every performance to to do it the way uh, it should be I done. I find it a lot of it comes into the planning of, of things as I see it and finding making pieces that don't have to necessarily have the edges in the most visible places or or just being able to because the materials compared to the work is is still cheap. I always, I always see that the the, uh, yeah. the amount of work that I need to put into something that's always what costs money. So if whatever material I can throw at it as expensive as it wants to be, I just use the best stuff that I can find. And uh, then it usually just works out. And I quite often get jobs where I, I'm acting both as a designer and the production. <laughs> so uh, they don't really have a lot of things to say about what I decide. Now, I always talk to people that, oh, I can't afford this and I can't afford that. But it's, it's materials cost nothing compared to what we cost. We are the expensive part of the equation. So use the best materials mm -hmm. possible and uh, it will, just will work out. That's how I, um, how I solve most situations. Just throw a bunch of money on it and it works out. So tell me a little bit about how you started out with, with makeup effects. Did you just like have the whole horror movie thing as a kid and you just couldn't get away from monsters and yeah it's like the standard story standard story that everyone else have uh we we bought my first vcr i think when when i was about eight years old and i think the first film we got on, on vcr was uh, we we got sound of music and we got alien and <laughs> oh, wow. and i, I, I watched <laughs> alien so many times <laughs> and planet of the apes as well of course and those were the first That is three. a balanced viewing for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Nazis, aliens, and, and just monkeys and uh, dystopian futures. And I just started reinventing oh the wheel on my own when I was like about, I, yeah. I did my first makeups when I was about 13. And mm -hmm. uh, just went from there. And I was lucky enough to, uh, my sister was, into an amateur theater group and uh so they brought me in as a makeup artist i did my first theater when i was 14 and uh when on one of those shows i i have done some some like puppets well well full-size radiation burn um, corpses and things for that and then there uh, was this uh, local theater Oh, sorry, a TV production company that came and watched it. And uh, they started writing TV shows based on what I could do. That's cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, at 15, I was uh, doing like my first TV, TV show about trolls. And I think I had like six trolls, full foam latex makeups. And... Uh, I had a witch and a giant. Uh, I had a mechanical big uh, orb of an eye that I had done mechanical. And you were how old? Sorry, I was uh, about fifteen or sixteen at that time. So are you are you are you self taught? Is this all? Is sorry? this all self? Yeah, self taught. All self taught. Yeah. Amazing. It's a uh, it's a lot a lot of failures. A lot of lot of failures. Where did you get your information from? Were you like reading books and magazines or? Uh, 
there was nothing. Uh, I I actually found in the attic some time ago an an old magazine. I found a German uh, film magazine where they showed a little bit uh, on mm. uh, prosthetics being applied. And at the time, I didn't speak German. Uh, and so one of my reasons for wanting to learn German in school was that magazine. Definitely, that's okay. Uh, so I could read what they what they said about prosthetics. Sure. And uh, I still have it in the attic. It's, it was one of the things that, oh, they were using. Mm-hmm. And I saw a word latex there. And then I went to, like, uh, because there was no makeup shops here. None whatsoever. And I went to find, uh, like, a latex corking for, for bathrooms or whatever. And, and my first masks were actually done from latex corking that took uh nearly two weeks in the mold to dry so it's i've never given up (laughs) when when i see see failure because that's a real pluck for for someone so young as well just i mean that's the kind of thing that you want to see in people isn't it you want to foster that like come on just try and figure out whatever you can get your hands on just do something yeah necessity is the mother of invention Mm. and and the the fun thing about i did some silicon corking mask back then as well this was then 84 or something and they are still in as good shape as they were then i still have them as well i i've stuck all my old i've got boxes and boxes full of old fangorias and gore zones and all of that as yeah. we all do i yeah, suppose yeah, I still got mine. <laughs> it's that feeling though isn't it when you're looking through something and you're looking for clues because you we all come from an age where information wasn't really easy to come by especially specialist information so literally any nugget or anything you would find you'd seize on and you dig around and find mm. things and be going through the yellow yeah thing. 84 is yeah. still pre-internet yeah yeah and, yeah very much pre-internet like 10 years before the first yeah, web and trying to explain around. to someone in a hardware store what yeah. you want and then the thing you want is specifically for something else but you don't need it for that so then they go oh what do you need it for and they're like, you got to explain and it's a weird territory because you find out there isn't yeah. anyone that's got answers for you you just have to kind of dig around it's a weird time no. it's like people don't realize they've got it made with all this stuff that's just ready to go out the box with instructions mm. <laughs> and you're something of a of a of a wig and and hair master is that all something self-learned as well well i i taught myself i found a book a wig making book um when i was somewhere originally i didn't want to to start working with the wig part uh, because I, I really just want to do the the monsters and the horror and and all of that but instead i realized if i if i ever want to get a proper job with this in a theater whatever i need to do i need to do the beauty makeup i need to do the, the theatrical makeups i need to do wig work hairstyling and and the works so i've i found uh, a wig making book and uh, tried to to learn or teach myself how to to do the uh, ventilating or the hair knotting, and uh, I took like a safety pin and 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 turned the the front of it to, into a little hook, and put a ton of tape around it so I got a little handle, and then I cut a piece off from my mum's uh, wedding dress lace. Wow, <laughs> that was uh, maybe not the most popular thing I've ever done. And then, but on the pictures in the book, I I couldn't see which direction they were doing the knot so instead of doing it away from me 
uh, as you should do, they I was sitting doing them towards me, which meant that if I had any hair longer than like 10 centimeters or or four inches, then I would end up nearly shoving the needle into my chest. So that was when I first got into a theater, I got my first uh, proper theater job uh, when I was 19. And that was the first time I ever saw anyone tie anything, uh, tie hair for, for real. And I just, that makes so much sense. <laughs> to just turn it around. Big light bulb moment. Amazing, because yeah. you've got, you're like a sponge. Yeah, but you're like a sponge, you know, like you've, you've been trying this stuff, and you know what you're trying to get to, and then when you see someone doing it, you're like, oh, you know, you absorb all this information very quickly. Yeah, and, the, and they have the proper tools. They got the tools for it. <laughs> but it's good to go through that. I had to make all my own tools, yeah. yeah. But it's good to go through that that struggle, you know, and then, and then when you, like you say, when you find the right tool and you see the right technique, suddenly it's like taking off a heavy mm. backpack and you're springing around, but... All these muscles you've grown through the hard work of trying it in yep. the first place. That's amazing. Oh, but the learning curve got uh, got much better after that. It got. Uh, it, I still struggle all the time. <laughs> I always try to to uh, throw myself in at the deep end. I don't think I've ever known how a project will, what I will do with a project until I'm actually in the middle of the project. Uh, I, I just need to say yes yeah. to things. And then figure out the rest later. That's amazing. So you're just trusting to yourself and Providence that it will come around through hard work and effort. Yeah. And and, and so far yeah. it has with many, many unpaid hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I share your pain. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to miss a theater deadline. It has never happened. Yeah. What a scary thing because it's such a big part of like when there's tech and there's so many things alone. It's not, it's not the same films and stuff are a bit more fragmenty aren't they but with a, a theater it's all taking place in this one yeah. stage and you've got all these people there at the same time and it's like right do you think <laughs> it's a scary scary prospect yep and, and and you don't really know until tech yeah which which is the week before opening yeah if the stuff you've done is wow. going to work or not <laughs> And still not and I, even not even yeah then. <laughs> yeah and I've 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 had to I've had to rebuild stuff from scratch during tech knowing that that in four days this show is opening in front of people mm -hmm. and I am starting from scratch there's no post you don't get to fix it in post <laughs> nope nope I was gonna say tell me through a little bit about some of the things that you do in a theater is there a typical kind of thing you would be asked to do or is it always different because there isn't a normal day at work it's it's usually different uh, but because i i do both the special effects and i do the hair and and the makeup uh i quite often get called in to to uh, design whole shows and uh that's what i kind of like to do i i like to have my stamp on something i don't like to to have uh well i only did that or i only did that uh, I like to to see the whole image of, of the whole show uh, to be very jointed, so every, everything goes together. And um, and then I usually just go with the flow. <laughs> Have you ever had more than one production happening simultaneously? Oh yes, many many times. <laughs> There's, uh, I think, the most shows I've ever done. Well, the worst ever. Uh, 
I had, this was early in my career, and I had uh, three theatre shows going at the same time and actually playing the same night. So I had to physically get myself between different theatres. Uh, wow. So I, I did make up in... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I started, and to top it all off, I, I uh, did a TV show at the same time. Uh, so I I started my mornings at getting up at three o'clock, uh, emptying foam latex. Uh, was an, I did an old age makeup for, for this uh, TV show and uh, get the molds out, which was still warm, uh, way too warm, really, and get the uh, pieces out grab those pieces, go to uh, and start doing makeups at the TV show at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, after that, uh, leave it to someone else to, to maintain it during the day and uh, off to the first theater to, to start styling the wigs, cleaning and styling the wigs from the night before. And uh, after doing that, getting myself to the next theater and and styling and doing things there and then uh luckily it was two shows who were in the same theater and then so i prepared things for for the third show when at the same place and get my ass back to uh the first theater and uh do all the makeups for the evening performance and uh when i was done with that I would luckily as well. the The shows didn't start at the same time. I was going to say so we had <laughs> a slight, a slight yeah. time in between there, so I could get myself to the other theatre, which was about twenty minutes away. Uh, and That's crazy. I didn't do any makeups before. I only did work during the show of that wow. one because it was effects and things, and managed to get there. But with about two or three minutes left to spare to, to get that on. And how how Jeez. often did this show run? Were these shows running? And how long was the run of the show? Continuously for three months. Holy cow! And then I, after after the show was done in the evening at around eleven o'clock at night, I had to get myself home and run foam latex for the next morning's <laughs> TV show. So you got really good at running foam that, and making and timing everything just so there was nothing together. Oh Holy gosh. cow! But uh, I try, I try to avoid that <laughs> now. Oh my god! So I got, uh, I got my three hours of sleep <laughs> when the foam was curing. And there's no way to teach that in school. Nope. <laughs> but no it, way, no way. It was nice to have done that show, uh, that type of thing once, but once was enough. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine was just my yeah. dad. It was just one of those How things. far can you push yourself? <laughs> Is that when you lost your hair? Oh, well, it started around that time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad kept telling me from a very early age, laughing that I will lose my hair as well. <laughs> so I was kind of used to the idea. <laughs> oh, God. So talk to me about the heads at the back behind you. Can you talk about what you're doing there or is that? Uh, they are for uh, uh, the Gothenburg Opera, um, so uh, I can t talk to you about them, but I'm not allowed to show any pictures on social media or nothing yet, uh, but uh, once uh, the, the premiere is over, if they get a premiere, they're on, they're on lockdown now, so um, we'll see. 
um, that is uh, that had started because uh, the coronavirus is they have the uh, they weren't allowed to touch any actors at all. So I uh, that is a three D scan you see there, a three D print on the side there. So I just I've just three D printed three uh, D printed the scan I did of the actor, and uh, then I I did a, a silicon mold of that and a clay press. Now, do you have your own scanner, or did you have a service to it? No, no, I have my own. I use the uh, a structure, uh, structure Mark II. So here is the three D scan of it. It's been slightly great. Yeah, I mean, it's been slightly touched up in. Uh, I, I use um, I I can't get my head around ZBrush, not at all. I just don't understand it. So I, I found my uh, preferred way now is to to do all my uh, sculpts and touch-ups in uh, in uh, well, it's Adobe Medium now. They bought it out. It's for for Oculus Quest and Rift. So I, I sculpt in in VR. Ah. With a VR helmet, and then I can just walk around the sculpt and and feel the sculpt. And that that's something works. I've been interested in trying. It's really good fun. Really good. You say it's been bought by is that as in the Photoshop people? Yeah, they bought no it. They bought it oh from Facebook. Gosh. So I'm I'm expecting. Uh, still, it's still free. If you have a an Oculus uh, VR headset, it's still free to download and use. Okay, but I don't know for how long it will be. Right, I have I have an Oculus headset. Yeah, so go and download the uh, the um, the medium medium yeah. Adobe Medium. Yeah, and it's really really cool. It's good fun. Yes, that awesome. let's give that a go then. Yeah, uh, which which headset do you have, Todd? Um, here let me pull it out. It's uh. It's designed to work with my phone. Oh, you got the the Go. Um, it is actually it's not Oculus. It's a Samsung. All right, then that won't work sadly. No, well, that may be a Christmas yeah. present then. But the, <laughs> the, the new Quest, the new yeah. Quest okay. would work really well. And uh, it's it's really good fun. That's very cool. So you, awesome. you do some big gestures so, and uh, you can be like. Yeah, 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 and it's like being in VR and sculpting. Uh, it's like you can get to the places where where you you can't get otherwise. I can just by grabbing my uh, my uh, hand hand uh, controller. So you have little, your little hand controller. Yeah, I'll show you. Oh, I was not expecting that. They're all, all right. right. I got uh, so I, I just have else to add to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so by by just grabbing. It's very intuitive to to sculpt like this, and and just like you would be uh, pinching in and out on a picture on your iPad, you just pinch wow. and grab the entire sculpture. And so you, I just grab and blow it up, and I have a huge version of of my sculpt in front of me. And uh, so I can go into the nostril and sculpt the inside of the nostril when doing that. So it, wow. size doesn't become an issue anymore and you have all types of volumetric tools you've got detail tools and so it, it's not as advanced as zbrush but it, it's amazing it's good enough for our our purposes 
Awesome. So what's it like to stand inside a nostril? Uh, that right there, Todd, uh, that's the punch-out quote at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> it is smelly. Oh it man, smelly. I wasn't expecting yeah. you to talk about that stuff. That's amazing. I'm very excited. I don't have an oh. Oculus, but uh, maybe I'll have to try and beg Santa for Christmas if I can. That is very That's cool. Amazing. Yeah, we've we've been talking about. You know, we're both very much into 3D printing these days. Mm. Um, we but we neither, all are. Neither one of us <laughs> has a scanner yet. Well, uh, the uh, I still find the uh, the scanners to be the bottleneck of the entire production yeah. uh, with all of it because the scanners are you you can use photogrammetry or you get really good detail with photogrammetry, but the problem with photogrammetry is you don't get anything correct to scale yes right. that's the issue i always think because we need things to to fit a specific person yeah so. yeah right and that yeah that's that's my biggest problem i think with zbrush also is there's no no real scale in zbrush you have mm. to figure things out so you can scan something i've i've used um, a photogrammetry software called uh capturing reality yeah that's pretty good, right? uh, which which I like a lot. But you take a scan yeah. into ZBrush and you have no idea how big it is. No. So uh, what what you have with um, I've ha I have a, a couple of different scanners, which all uh, as you can see on, on this one here, it it doesn't really give you like any negative spaces. Like you can't see the the eye lids, or you can't get the the corners of the nose and nothing like that. Mm. But the good yes. thing about this type of scanner is that they are exact in size. So you get a really good measurement from everything. So if you do both a photo photogrammetry and a simple scanner like this, you can match those two together in a CAD program. And, and then you can rescale everything to match. It's weird, isn't it, that there isn't anything that's specifically addressing that. But I think it's yeah. because... The CAD stuff has been so entrenched in engineering and that side of things. You know, if you were making an engine or something, then, you know, you'd be mm. fluent in it. And then at the other end, you've got people making stuff with clay yeah. and never the twenty mm -hmm. meat. And now we, there's a very real crossover happening and we're, we're screaming out for something that's, you know, a reasonable price. Bear yeah. in mind, we will spend a fortune on materials anyway. Uh, there, there is there is a reason you know a scanner that does a decent yep, job that's two or three grand is probably going to sell you know but the but the good ones like kazu they're crazy 35 grand mm -hmm. i'm like i've been seeing what what's the guy what's the guy's name on uh, saturday night live uh, louis zakarian isn't it yeah mm -hmm. he's been posting a lot recently about he bought the everything and he's doing everything now in 3d printing with the phenom uh, resin printer uh, the Phenom XL, so he can print full heads with with resin printer quality, and uh, it looks absolutely amazing. It's nice working for a show that's got a budget. Yep, and uh, that one does. <laughs> it's very cool. I mean, do you still think the the, the the materials that they print in are still usable, or is it just that they'll give you, you know, a highly quali quali high quality item that you can then remold and make in something that you can actually clamp uh, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think there's any really materials you can use directly for production yet. And especially I, I recently bought my first resin printer here now a couple of weeks ago. And uh, a big problem with that is, as I see it is it, it makes silicons inhibit. 
Have, have you tested any of that yet? I've tested to spray it a little bit with inhibit X to to re, so I can make silicon molds of my of my prints and stuff, but it's still not. Yeah, uh, you can lacquer it a bit. A, a clear lacquer does work. But yeah, it's, it's still that you thing. Lose like the, you lose the you lose the detail. detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tricky one. So mm. yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bind. So we're kind of like cobbling things together and sort of making it work, but. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, with with the printing I've been doing, I've been using it for things I would otherwise do, like like little molds, little silicon molds. I'm making the jackets, I'm printing mm. those, and it's just just yeah. to make me go through the exercise of doing it. I could make it, you know, in a couple of hours <laughs> with fiberglass, but I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah. And it's actually really really good fun. And I think, I think it will come around. Mm. We'll, we'll figure out how we can make this work, or the demands will come around. And I'm sure at some point the resin manufacturers will. We'll talk to silicone people and they'll come out with something that's not yeah. going to inhibit yeah. silicone. I hope so too. Yeah. What resin printer did you get? Uh, I got the uh, Creality LD002R. Nice. Which was a, it's a really small one. It's just like, uh, what would it be? Uh, 15 times 10 centimeters print surface. Uh, but I, I got it on, on such a good deal. It was They had a, some kind of sales. I got it for 100 hundred pounds it was really oh man it was yeah. super cheap not to <laughs> yeah. yeah i've i've got one coming um that uh, i should have middle of next week yeah that uh is the it's the frozen 4 4k mini mm -hmm. that uh they had a had a real sweet sale going on that i got this thing for 300 bucks yeah and it's about the same same build sizes as, as yours you know, the thing you're going to really like, Todd, is the fact that you can print multiple things on the bed and they all print at the same time. It's just mental. Yeah. <laughs> it makes such a difference. That, uh, <laughs> that, when I first understood that, everything prints at the same time, regardless yeah. of how many yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's yes, amazing. yes. Uh, I I love that. <laughs> I'm stoked. I did the first proper thing with it the other week. I made some making a makeup, like a vampire makeup, and I made all the gums and everything, but I wanted the teeth to be separate. So I sculpted them in ZBrush, printed them on this printer, yeah. and I ran another set, but I just distorted the proportions and printed another set. And within an afternoon, I sculpted five yeah. fangs, flipped them, made pairs, and then just, and I had like 25 or 26 different teeth in my hands in, within six hours. It was amazing. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Perfect. But uh, I can't, I can't print in something <laughs> that I can use as such, but it's still, I'm used to having to sculpt them and then mold them. So I'm very happy about that. So it's definitely making an advantage. And I, yeah. I guess people like you doing yeah. projects like this, you're going to find ways that you can relieve the effort or speed things up or, you know, you can have two or three printers going at the same time while you're sleeping and doing other things. And so we are leveraging it, but it's interesting to see how, yeah. how, how the technology will change yeah. in response to demand once there's enough people using it and saying, we need this, we need that. And just like they did with silicon and stuff. Oh, it's, it's truly an interesting, I'm, I'm, I'm out talking to so many different theaters and, and film companies and stuff now about how we can start sharing these things and, and doing more work together like uh yes creating databases of actors so we don't need to meet actors and we, we can just get scans of them uh and just that seems to be the next logical there. step yeah when i was when i was doing visual effects animation there were database libraries of all kinds and, and there still are of of 3d models of of highly detailed aircraft and military vehicles and mm -hmm and spaceships and all kinds of stuff that would save you the step of having to reinvent the wheel every time where you yeah. 
don't want to have to model a, a new spaceship. <laughs> you know, I, I need I need a copy of the Enterprise. I don't want to have to build one. Yeah. Find this database, and you can get a low poly one or a high poly, and hmm. well, it's still nice down. about the entire 3d community is that it's still very it feels still very open and giving and mm -hmm. uh, so you can still find mm -hmm. so many models for free and you can find so many things that has been posted under creative commons so you are free to use it as you like and uh, it will probably change and people will be get more greedy and yeah, well, it's it's kind of that way um, to an extent with with STL files on on sites like Thingiverse. Yeah, I love Thingiverse. You, you know, I need a I need a good skull with with a with an evil brow. Go goon around on Thingiverse, and you're probably going to find what you need. Yeah, it's surprisingly difficult to find a good realistic skull. Actually, I don't know why. It is because they are so incredibly complex. Yeah, and once you start wanting to print them, yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. I actually, I have a file. I'll it's send you good. one. It's good to know people, as you oh, said. You oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that this looks a good one. This is a 3D nice. print. Yeah, that looks very good. Printed in three pieces. I would really like to to have a good sculpt to import that first into when, when you're yes. sculpting in VR. I mean, yeah. you yes, sculpt the, on the top of that. See, that's an interesting one. That's, that's like an asset that... Yeah. I guess people might have done that with props where you just have like a biscuit foam head and start blocking out on it. But it's really interesting that you can take something like that and then you could modify it and stretch it and do things to it. And then it really speed things up. And it's like, is that, is that cheating? But at the same time it isn't yeah. because you suddenly it's common sense, isn't it? Why should you stop? It's just another tool. If you've already got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It means you can spend more time doing other things. It's a, it's a mm. weird one, isn't it? It's like, is, is buying bread a cheat because you haven't grown the wheat? It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> how much time have you got? <laughs> At some point, I just want to get on with my life. <laughs> so, uh... no, but I was doing a lot of props for, for a film a couple of months ago and, and they needed like stunt weapons. So instead of, of uh, taking a real, real gun and making cost of that, I, I printed them instead and I could just, uh, I found uh, really high quality uh, re 3D replicas that you could, and I think I paid like $4 for it or something. And then I could just print that out and then make yeah. my silicon mold from there. That's a big difference. And uh, perfect. And uh, I'm doing these oh, ones. Wow. Yeah, I made the super soft version gun here for for uh, had a stuntman who's going to fall down a pair some some yeah. stairs. So then even a, a hard foam one could hurt him. Awesome, because he couldn't plan where it was. So we made a super soft version there. See, it's all that stuff that you don't really know about when you see a show, and then it's like, see, there's all this stuff going on. People don't appreciate. Yeah, it sounded like it was metal when it bounced down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <It's called. laughs> sound effects yeah so are you making uh, a lot of makeup stuff and prosthetic stuff or do you also make a lot of props or is it again it's just a, a bunch of everything i, I try to do all, all of everything that pays the bills really yeah <laughs> so I, I do quite a lot of, of work for medical companies as well right uh, so i do body models and i i do various uh i've done everything from diabetes legs to uh big bellies with uh parts of their colon sticking out for for, for medical testing mm -hmm. and i finished a, another job the the other day where we had a, a vacuum formed um 
just like a hollowed out area where you can see first the wound on top and then the, they have a camera that's going to pan around to where inside the flesh so they can see uh like how uh, a plaster expands when exposed to blood hmm. and then so uh, the, i made a model with with two exact copies of each other there so they can show that their version is much better than the competitions it's <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs> so so how many how many folks uh are there in sweden that do what you do uh we're not that many maybe five or six uh but i'm the only one down here on the west coast uh so i get uh, involved in pretty much yeah. everything that is, is happening it's nice to be that guy yeah I, I it's think... good fun and then uh, there's a couple of ones in stockholm like uh, you have got goran lundstrom in, in stockholm but he, he's working so much abroad right now so it comes down here instead. that's great i think you were very wise when you were saying earlier about like you realized in order to to do it properly and make a living you had to learn about hair because i would imagine for theater stuff especially for quick change things hair's a big part of it because you need something that's quite an obvious big thing from a distance that you can pull on quickly and makeup is yeah. obviously one of those things that it's a bit more time consuming so i'd imagine like wigs and things that wigs are attached to mm -hmm. may make it easier to replace them or secure them in place there must be a lot of like mechanical fixes and, and tricky little things like yeah. that that you have to kind of come up with too the hidden stuff when when it comes down to to having wigs going on quickly it it, it all comes down to how you uh pin someone's hair up so uh, there is no wig ever that needs more than five needles or five pins to, to stick it down uh, if you have done the base work correctly. So you, you need to just have really tight, what we, we call, I call them snails, uh, when you twirl the ha hair around a finger and, and pin it down really hard. So you need uh, a couple of the twirls or snails by the temples, one in the middle of the forehead and two in the back of the neck. And once you have that, the rest of the hair, whatever you do with that, you just twirl it up and make it go away. Uh, once you have those attachment points, you you can get any wig on. I, I've had uh, like a Baroque wig, which was more than a meter high. I made a buffalo hair weighing like two kilos. Amazing. Attached with, with five pins. And there was Amazing. no way that could ever get come off they could go in and do yeah. like uh on a trampoline and it would still be there wow it all comes down to the, the groundwork and the base sure. work how you how you attach things and that was uh that took so a I imagine you, you get a make that wig extreme stuff like that in theater uh, yeah, than you would in tv and film because it seems like a lot of the stuff you get in tv will be quite sedate by comparison really especially nowadays yeah whereas with opera and theater you do get some some very big extreme well, certainly things for opera. happening and it's unique isn't it to i don't yeah. know what is it about screen stuff where they tend to be a little bit more realistic because i guess they've got the close-up and you you can engineer things through the camera work and all that kind of stuff but obviously when it's on a stage you're in a fixed position mm -hmm. yes yeah, so, you know these big big things yeah. and that's quite yeah impressive. everything oh everything's in a wide shot in theater yeah yeah it is yeah it's it's you can play a lot more and uh, since you're never that close i i try to make things as realistic as possible for theater as well uh up close uh, but 
I still wanted to to look uh, explosive as you are moving away from it. So when uh, I have my my uh, when I've done a test makeup or something, I go out into the uh, into the theatre and I sit first. I check it from the very first row, and then I go to the to the middle to well, the eighth or ninth row or whatever the size of the theatre and uh, see what it looks like from there. And then I go to the very back of the theater to see what it looks like from there. And I need the emotion that I wanted to create from, from a character to be seen from all of those, all three positions. So I need to play around with how things are catching shadows, how things are, uh, what is happening when I get to, to this light and uh that to me has been very useful to have that that rule of thumb to to check it from at least three different places uh and then if it if i can't see the feeling of the character from from where from the very back of the the theater i i know i have to go in and redesign because they the person people in the back have paid as much as the ones in the front so they need to get the same experience, uh, even yeah. if they it's smaller. But the uh, the shadows, often caused by prosthetics, need to be seen. So uh, it's it's uh, I, I um, it's a tricky medium to work on theatre because of that. It sounds like yeah, it sounds like you have a more involved relationship with the production and the, you know with the director and the producer than you would on a tv or film show because on those yeah. things you obviously become such a small part of a much bigger machine it sounds like obviously you become very integral and you become like you say you like you've got to really appreciate the story and and, and fully understand the characters so you can actually yeah. do what you've got to do whereas it's perfectly i'm sure you're saying todd you know the, the amount of times you get asked to make something and, and you don't even need to read the script just turn up on this day with this thing and that's all you're told and it's like you know you don't feel like you really matter to it and it's it's lovely to Thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, it it helps to have a good relationship with the lighting designer as well. <laughs> That's uh, always a problem, yeah. I feel, because it's it's always the uh, they're so much into the technology of things, so they they don't really care. Yeah, well, you can sort that out. Well, uh, we yeah, can't. Light, lighting is we, so we... critical to the way something looks on stage. You know how you cancel and, uh, out I colors found... or or. Yeah, but I found a huge new problem that has come and and during the last couple of years is that they all have now LED, these advanced LED lights on the theaters yeah. instead of the the old tungsten lights, and uh, all the color theory that I I used to know is no longer in play. I used to know that if I have a red makeup and they put a red light, it cancels each other out. That's no longer the case. With LED lights, it reacts differently. So I've I've always had my my charts. I made charts a long time ago where I put all tons of different colors of makeup on on my face, or on an actor's face, and and that a light designer put all different filter color filters and gels on. So I see what happens with this color on this makeup, and. But that only that worked for tungsten lights. It doesn't work for LED, and that is as so I I need to start over. 
my entire um, and my my color theory is now out through the window so i need to start over that's interesting that you notice that and it's also the fact that you'll you know you'll put the effort in to do that but it's yeah it's not something i've ever heard anyone talk about because there's a lot more i mean i've got a lot of led lights in the workshop here because they're quite cheap you know for mm. over the workshop yeah. and they dimmer and it's you're, you're right it's like they you've got the 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 with a camera when you're you know want to take photos you notice one thing then you see something else with your eye and like you say if you take them in the daylight it's different and then yeah uh, now you've got these big tons of these mm. led lights that's uh, a completely different kettle of fish yeah. and especially the uh the, the led lights that you can change colors on mm. they are a real monster because they have all the colors in there yes and and they reflect so differently from anything else mm. <laughs> so it's, uh, i have not have not had to deal with that yet thankfully but uh it's something i may maybe do a little preemptive work on it yeah, that's a very interesting mm. idea because, like you say, you, you can actually change the color of the light without switching to a different light with a different yeah. gel, which is what you do before. Now you've actually got maybe that change yeah. in the single light. Do they actually change color like completely, mm. like like the whole color spectrum, or is it just? Uh, they usually have uh, in these LED panels. They usually have um, tons of different uh, LED lights next to each other, and once they they can only change that far. And then the next bulb next right. to it will take over. Uh, so you have, especially when you get into those, the middle between when you nearly have two LEDs next to each other lit at the same time, then uh, that can become a really weird light yes. uh, for makeup to react to. Which <laughs> you wouldn't and, Yeah. And, and, and prosthetics is even more difficult because uh, we are so used to tungsten lights mm -hmm. uh, reflecting off reds. And, and LEDs don't reflect off reds. Uh, so back in the day when I did a lot of foam, uh, I always put like a blood layer at the very base right. of everything to get the reflections of, of the blood coming out through, through the foam. And that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> And that is really frustrating. The technology is working against us right now with that. Do you find you're using a lot of silicon in theatre? Because I guess it's easy to clean. And uh, I don't think I have uh, actually done any foam for the last 12, 13 years. Right. Uh, it just, the, f the fail rate of, of foam is just too high. Yeah, yeah. And uh, once you have something, you, you need a good cast every day. Yeah. Then I, I, yeah. I cannot get a bad foam day. So I, uh, silicon always works. Yeah. I can get the old air bubble, but I can patch that up. And uh, the time it takes and the maintenance it takes and the cleaning of the pieces and all of that, uh, the cost of the material being high or higher it just doesn't make sense yeah. because I need to work for so much longer. And also the, um, I guess the absorbency of sweat, you know, that moisture that if you're, if you're going to reusing something, I know if you've listened to, um, there's a really good, uh, interview with Kevin Yeager. You'll have to listen to it. The makeup artist magazine podcast. And it's a very, the last one. Oh yeah. Well, I saw that was out. Uh, I need to listen to it. Yeah. It's a really good one. And he talks about the, the suits they did for, um, the Bill and mm. Ted, the new Bill and Ted movie. And he did his thing of like the foam suit and then snipped back then put it back in the mold and then surround it with silicone. Oh, wow. So it's got a silicon skin, but the inside is foam. And he was saying that they were perspiring so much. They'd weigh like, you know, another 20 pounds <laughs> by the time they took it off because 
the sweat can't get out, you know, so they have to dry it. But I was thinking like for theater and stuff, if you've got like reusable headpieces or something, mm -hmm. especially if there's wigs involved and you blew the wig to that yeah. thing, then it's like, you know, it's gonna, I mean, the, the, the weight of foam is lovely and uh, it's nice when it, you know. Oh, I had that problem with Shrek. Yeah, actually you did, yeah. Did you do that in silicon in the end or foam? Yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. No, it was, it, uh, well, the first time I did it, I, I did silicone and and that just proved to be just far too heavy for the actor to to feel comfortable in for the, for the mm -hmm. length of the show. Uh, but the foam latex ones, I designed them so that each each cowl and face piece would be able to withstand six performances and still, you know, in the sixth performance, mm -hmm. still look as good as it did the first performance. But they would, and I, so I had, I had multiple mm -hmm. so that they could swap one out of like on a two show day, you could swap to, for a fresh one because you'd have to have time to let the, the things dry out. Yeah. They would, you know, foam, foam latex yeah. is a sponge. It just soaks up the water. Mm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can literally wring them out. Yeah, it's not the nicest thing you can do. Which is gross. And you and and you don't want to and you don't want to force your actor into Ooh, no. putting on a a still damp piece for a show because. Eh? It's it'd be horrible, and it, it, the the yeah. adhesive's not going to stick right. It's just just nasty. Yeah, no, it's not nice. And then if if you've had to tout them to get them into the suit in the beginning, you know, had that on the mummy, and then basically you take a paste off. You know, it's just it's just vile. <laughs> yeah. Did you um do you get much in the way of like long runs of shows, Lars? Where you've got to make something for a long or or a lot of the things you do short runs, or is it a thing you have to maintain? Uh, most of the time these days, it's short run things. Uh, so have I don't, you noticed a trend to that? Uh, no, it's it's more it's more that I I tend to avoid the <laughs> long run shows, uh, or <laughs> I create yeah. molds and uh, have people take over the show once it's there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last last long running show I did I did Phantom of the Opera in Oslo two years ago, and that went on for quite a while. Uh, but uh, I didn't do any of the prosthetics. They they hadn't used new prosthetics for him every day, but uh, they manufacture. I taught them to to manufacture them daily, and yeah, so it, it just it's one less thing to stress well. about. And that makes a lot of sense. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> like he's going to go on for a I while. Mean, just yeah, and just sending things back and forth is it's like three hours to to Oslo from yeah. here, so it's not something you want to keep shipping things back and forth. It's just that would cost too much to. Yeah. For anyone there's a there's a lot of theater i think more so than in the uk um there's a lot of theater in europe isn't there especially like i know germany's big on it and i guess sweden is it with opera and things as well is that that must have been a real pound at the moment yeah. with covid and lockdown and everything that's just brutal isn't it because so many people get grown to hold it, it is uh, it's like uh, at the moment the uh the stuff i'm doing i'm, I'm not working full-time at, at any theater at the moment i'm just taking smaller special stuff for it but uh they uh I, I was not supposed to to make the head behind me here right now because i was supposed to to coach them and be like a mentor for them uh in the manufacture of it but then they went on on complete lockdown so the the whole theater is completely closed for three weeks now and uh, then they're supposed to have a premiere as they get back, mm. which is most likely not going to happen. 
So then they had to put the entire job on me instead. But for a long time here, we had a maximum of 50 people uh, was allowed to, to go into uh, and, and see a show. But yeah. obviously, there's no finance. There's no economy in that. It's yeah. definitely, you, you can't do that. And the atmosphere is completely different when the audience is spaced out like that, isn't it? It's, it's not the same thing at all. No, it's not. And sometimes you, you nearly have more people on stage than you would have watching it. Mm-hmm. It's an awful situation. Yeah, especially when there are empty seats there and it's just like, you can yeah. get so many more hideous. So what have you been doing with your time? Have you been spending a lot of time practicing and researching, doing new things? Well, sort of sculpting with your Oculus yeah. medium. Oh, this sounds nice. well, I've been, uh, actually I've had work all along. Uh, it has been uh, both medical jobs and uh, and getting uh, all of these, uh, helping others more or less from the studio. I've been I'm doing, uh, because film production never stopped right. here in Sweden. They kept going all along. Uh, I didn't really feel comfortable to, to go on set uh, until uh, like a month ago I was on, on set for a week. But uh, it's everyone kept calling and asking me to do this and that and, and manufacture different things. And, and that's oh, what wow, that's good. it's kept me busy, which has been good. Thank you. <laughs> No, it's, uh... Although Todd, Todd's been busy with masks, I think you've been yeah. quite busy since your TV spot. Yeah, just just lately. <laughs> it's a weird one, I think. If you do if you do weird stuff, it's not been as 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 quiet as as perhaps conventional jobs. Because if if you do the kind of job where people, when they ask you, say, "This is going to sound a bit weird," but I'm wondering if if that's how your jobs are, then the kind of calls you may <laughs> but... get. I, I don't think I've ever had a job that doesn't start with the <laughs> weird. This is going to be weird. <laughs> How many times haven't you been uh, like in your local supermarket, Sandy, you're talking on your headset and, oh, and, and how would you like his head to be chopped off? <laughs> you get escorted out of the uh, building. <laughs> yeah. It's happened way too many times. That. That's very funny. Just the thought of you having to describe this one, and, and then you kind of catch yourself and realize, oh, this probably doesn't sound so it's, good. <laughs> it's a, a weird thing that I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's good. So, have you got, so those heads are behind you. Have you have you got anything else you can sort of show us there that's kicking around, or is it a pain in the backside to have to kind of uh, find around things? No, no. I love looking at people's work. I realize this yeah. isn't great for the podcast actually, it's visual, but I'm just yeah. excited about what you have. <laughs> no, we can do. We can do a little. <laughs> just a, a just trip. imagine that Lars is holding up. You do a little run through. I've been uh, amazing. I love that head. I've been using these. Uh, I'm making eyes right now. A lot of different eyes. Uh, bought some uh, really cool eye molds from uh, Andrea Di Luigi. Do you know him? Yes, I think I've seen pictures of eyes yeah. that he's made. Uh, I'm really happy, but how how simple this is his molds. So I actually cast some eyes earlier here tonight. And so let's try to demold one quickly here. <laughs> it's not great podcast material either, but well, you bring it down this is straight oh, out wow. of the mold. That's amazing. Ah, there. Yeah. Wow. So it's really cool. Uh, so he's 3D printed all the molds and 
So really nice stuff there. What um, resin do you use for the eyes? For that one, I used polyoptic 1411. And and the base of it was just a, a Rencast FC52 with uh, tons of pigments in it. Oh, I'll have to have a look at those. I've never made eyes. Okay. Isn't that yeah. weird? I've never, never had to. When I've had dummies, I've just had eyes made. I've never actually made them myself. But uh, I see you doing that. I'm like, mm. it's, it's good fun. fun to make eyes. Yeah, I just re-sculpted, uh, did a clay press in it, and uh, so this, uh, it's actually yes. my tongue. <laughs> I did a cast of my own tongue, which was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Amazing. And, uh, since I couldn't touch the actor, I, I used my own lower teeth as well. <laughs> well, it does look like you're having a lot of fun there, uh, but it's it's you know it's that thing. Basically, my my main thing I I try to with everything i do is to have some fun because once yeah fun's the best thing to have as soon as it's not fun anymore why do it yeah so what silicone did you use to, to cast those heads uh I, most of the time i use pro gel 10 yeah um because i like because it's a, um, it's more liquidy or a lower viscosity um but uh, some of these guys behind me here were platzil 10 uh, quite simply because I, I had a whole bunch that were getting old. <laughs> I need to use it up. Oh, wow. I was looking at people's workshops. So is this a basement workshop under your house at Todd's? Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, like uh, my garage. And then, but then I'll give you a quick look around here. So uh, well, you got some, uh, this looks a little bit like yours, Stuart. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's much tidier yeah. than mine. <laughs> uh, old, my big old foam latex oven there, never used for, for so many years now. Uh, and then, yeah, and then uh, I've built my entire studio as a forced oh. ventilation. So you can see I've got, uh, I've got air running through the entire Excellent. studio here which means that it gets really cold in the winter. But fresh air coming in all the time. But, uh, yeah, and uh, everything is is getting clean, Amazing. getting clean air. It's very cool. Which is important. I, um, I was saying to, to Todd, uh, he recommended, um, I don't know if you have a Canon camera at all, but he recommended this um, app that lets you use your Canon camera as a webcam. And I did a slight aside, I did a, um, a Zoom mm -hmm. class for Bolton yeah. last week using the app. Fuck me! What a difference! All right, yeah. was it was great, amazing. Mm. It was, I was just reminded when you were holding your webcam up like that. I was like, mm. the thing was, yeah, and you could use your lenses in the focus, and I did like tight close-ups yeah. of sculpting detail. It was, it's a game changer, absolute game yeah. changer. I'll never go back to webcam for for tutorials again. Uh, I've so, got, so cool. No, that is. Uh, I've got. Unfortunately, I'm a Nikon guy, so. Well, maybe Nikon will do something similar because. Yeah, I'm sure you've there. If if you can, if you've got a, a HDMI cable, yeah, that you can go. It's it's because it's it's HDMI is is what what's running it. So it, it right. probably will work with your Nikon yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, mine yeah. weirdly was working with the USB that cable. Was, right. Is that was that the, what it was? Yeah. So either either way, I mean. It, yeah, one or the other. I recommend it. If you, if you have to do like a conference call, you need to show a client something in tight close-up. Because um, I, I, I didn't even think you could yeah. do it until I was like, no, there's a web utility. I'm like, you're kidding me. And I tried it. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's free. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, 
I just found the uh, Zoom thing where you can connect two cameras at the same time and you can have one focus on you and you have one that you move around. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could do that. That was awesome. Yeah, you can do that. It's like, uh, oh, where was it? On Zoom, you just went into the settings and use uh, an extra camera. Bloody hell. All right, I have to find that because I, I tried it just by inviting my phone to the session and and it was it was a little 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 weird but it okay. worked okay have to try that yeah uh, you can do it from a computer directly and it oh, worked really well sweet because okay, I'm, I'm doing uh some some uh teaching at a school right now where yeah they are on lockdown as well but they still need the teaching so i'm trying to find how they can still <laughs> see me and i can show all the tools i'm working with yeah, it's amazing. So many so, people yeah. are doing like video, video stuff. There's something still really nice about there actually being a person mm. responding to things and, and, and fixing things. It makes such a difference. And Zoom's yeah. okay. I, I still like a class, you know, I still like that. Well, we're tactile. We like touching things and making things and being around other people. And mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it, I feel it like a, a real emptiness when you do a Zoom session with a class or something. And when once it's done, you like you feel like you've been watching food and not eating it. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, it's just not, it's not enough. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's not. Yeah. Right. And I haven't gotten it used to it. So <laughs> I mean, wrong. you get better at it and you, you know, your, your setups yeah. are nicer, but. Yeah. That's, and I'm not sure I want, no. I'm well, not no. sure I want to get used no. to it. <laughs> uh, it would be nicer to get yeah. back to our old reality. Yeah. Handshakes and hugs and back yeah. pats. I can skip the handshakes any day of the week, yeah. <laughs> but the hugs are difficult. Yeah, man. You I always want to when we see, but I think that's like, oh, you go. It's just, yeah, it's always a nice, nice vibe. This is the thing because we didn't, yeah. I didn't really know. I felt like I, I had known you longer and better than when when we met because you were always so welcoming and, and polite and nice and not that there's any reason why you shouldn't have been, but it was just like I'd always come away with like, oh my god, I felt like yeah. I'd known you more and for longer than I had because you were so so nice about everything yeah no mm. i i i agree and uh it's a really really nice quality and yeah it's a shame when you're withheld from doing what you do when I mean, you can just be like that around other people the, the 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 vibe at imats is always so nice you know you see people just you know coming together yeah. and, and doing something always you know, love such an obscure career you know doing weird things and then everyone's like yeah and just it's all okay it's almost like that that vibe you get from like a cosplay convention or something not that i do that but you can see people just get to be their true selves and relax mm. and feel you know like they're living their best life at that moment yeah. because if they're surrounded by people they don't have to explain themselves to <laughs> it's a giant nerd fest yeah and that's something yeah and that's something we really miss i miss it so yeah. much this year not going to any shows uh, because that is that's always I have never missed a show because of work. I've always planned it in. So if they want me to work on something, they have to accept that I'm not there on the IMATS dates or the yeah. uh, the UMA or whatever. Gotta go. They <laughs> I, because I will leave. <laughs> yeah. Because when Bye-bye. you work completely, yeah. you com- you're working in your little garage all year round. And you never get to to really spend that time with other nerds. Yeah, and that is so important. I, I, I really miss it now. It's been going a long time. It's going to be like the prosthetics event next week, or it would have been if it was going ahead. And it's just like, oh man, I remember a year ago doing that thing with Neil mm-hmm. Morrow, you know, the Normski makeup, and that doesn't feel like a year ago. It's, it's scary how quickly that time's passed. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, and 
when the 10th anniversary yeah. of monster palooza that was three years ago that yeah. was a fun weekend oh, it was really good mm. it was really good i want more yeah. of those but something I've always been looking at because for when going to the shows in London or in Italy and Rome and stuff like that, it's been for me the social bit has always been a more important part than the the actual lectures and everything. And when mm. when you've looked at uh, IMATS in in uh, in Burbank or whatever, it doesn't seem to have the the after party, which. And then that's something that kind of put me yeah, off. The, the, yeah, I, I found IMAX in, in London much, much different vibe mm. than the than the Pasadena IMAX. Because the, the, the bar there is much smaller, but also I, I don't know if it's just because everyone drives, but no one seems to stop around and, yeah. get, and drink at a place because they've mm. got to at some point go and drive somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, there, was, there was that real that real vibe of like, and anybody that was coming over to speak especially in the early days when it was such a new thing, you'd see people like swarm around whoever was there because they had some questions and they wanted to talk about stuff. And, and, and you, ne you, you, you never got a chance to sit, you know, you might be there at the bar. I remember once getting a drink and I'm next to Greg Cannon, we're both waiting for a beer and I'm like, I'm going to talk to him about the Lost Boys because I'm like, <laughs> this doesn't happen to me. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you, you would feel that you, the uniqueness of the situation was just thrilling. That was, that was really good there. I mean, it's like some of those really unreal moments that you've you've had in that show. Uh, I was uh, I, I spent some uh, was hanging out with uh, this American makeup artist, and he brought me over to the table of his friends, and uh, and uh, he was introducing me. Oh, we know who you are. We know this and that. We've seen. And then I realized I'm the only one at this table who doesn't have an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you just get, you freak <laughs> but it's such yeah. a small world so it's not that weird that no, you all know each other following stuff it, it's such a yeah. tiny little world uh and so i'm working at an insignificant little theater in, in sweden far away from everything but since i have an online presence people would know who i am just as much as i would yeah. know who howard Berger is and it, it's just so you just get your mind blown so many times at that show it's weird isn't it because you've got like you say in that one sense you've got that reverence for people where you go oh my god that's bill corso this is, and you know and they're all just these like really yeah. in their field and, and and they're so high well respected but then you might then have a conversation with them about something you know technical and suddenly it's like you're on uh, the same you're on the same level when you're talking about this and they don't they don't carry around like this yeah. This is the thing about these trade shows. They, 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 they don't swan around like that. They, they are just, they're just into it. And if someone's talking about a technical aspect, like Rob Freitas is great for that. You know, you start talking about molds and stuff and, and, oh, you, yeah, just God, get, yeah. and, and you come away going, holy shit. Not only was I entertained by all of that, but I've learned a bunch of stuff too. And somebody else would show pictures of what they were doing that was the same. And it's just like, this is insane. <laughs> it was just so exciting. <laughs> I was sitting with uh, with Rob Freitas uh, till four o'clock in the morning, talking molds that night when it snowed. We were all snowed in, and oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, an amazing night. Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> uh, I know other things. I remember like I going up to uh, Flora Schuller's hotel room at four o'clock in the morning so he can show his latest experiment with uh with uh 
combustible cores. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do at four o'clock in the morning, Why isn't not? it? Look no, you're not going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's, uh, I miss it. I hope I hope Michael Key is gonna get everything together and we'll have both the magazine and the shows yeah. running yeah, again man. after all of this. Well, that desire to make stuff and the and the joy people get from being around other people that make that stuff is uh, that won't go away. It's, it'll just come back when it can, I'm sure, because. That, that was like you say yeah. for, for you and for for many people that went it, that was one of the reasons you would go is for that that interaction and that meet that means a lot and i, I think yeah the, the social bit is everything so what's next for you are you still in the middle of something that you've got there with those heads is that what you've got to do for the next bit uh, uh that is a next coming bit but i, I got some other f little film jobs coming up as well uh uh, they're gonna shoot in in a couple of days. Uh, uh, chopping off a, of a finger in a like a paper guillotine, and so it's a, like a, a little gig coming. And uh, well, there's there's always a, a bunch of stuff coming. I have uh, a lot of teaching coming as well. Yeah, but, there's a fair uh, bit of that. It's quite nice, but at the same time, it's like you want to go there and do things, but you just, yeah. You know. Yeah, but it, it, this one I will actually be able to to go to, and so I'm I'm doing uh, makeup design on uh, the Opera University where they are doing two different shows, and I'm going to both design makeups and teach at the same time. So that will be quite fun. Cool. And that's starting next week, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> still, still waiting for a contract there. <laughs> No, it's it's never really any downtime, which is nice because I don't do very well with downtime. I need to keep working. Yeah, you need that momentum, don't you, to kind of carry you along. And if yeah. you're not making something, you kind of feel like there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. At the, at the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of dipped yeah. a little bit. I didn't do much at all. I just figured I will enjoy the... Uh, the peace and quiet for a bit because I've been overworked for yeah. years. And then uh, I started wanted to, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing some experiments with this and that. But nah, it, it's either all or nothing. <laughs> it's difficult to, to just keep puttering along. So that wore need... thin pretty quick and you were like, I've got to make something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started doing shit instead. Excellent. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> can we talk a little bit about the, we don't have to include this at all, I can cut all this out. Do you want to talk a little bit about the airbrush tips that you came up with ages ago? Or is that something that's just a hot potato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the whole thing we about have, that. We've actually put them in the in the article for yeah, Prosthetics Magazine. So. Well, we'll put a link about it, but I just <laughs> it's one of those things where, as far as I'm aware, you came up with it, and then I just see other people selling them, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've seen tons of people selling them around, and it, that was truly my own fault because uh, I released them under Creative yeah. Commons, uh, where people were allowed to. I didn't read through the terms completely, which you always should do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I released them so people could uh, modify yes. and sell them instead of yeah. clicking the other button and sure. which i should have done but at the same time i i kind of like inventing things yeah. and giving them away uh because it, it becomes kind of a 
guerrilla marketing. Um, yes, absolutely. People... Especially if it's not something that's that costs you a fortune in no, terms no. of development. Obviously, then you look at it a different way. But the reason I brought it up was just because, not because, like I say, you have a beef about it or you're trying to grind an axe with that, but it's more... I wanted it to be a platform to say that you came up with that and that was, you know, you, you started that as far as I yeah. know. So uh, I just wanted to, to everyone that hears this to know that. <laughs> and that when you yeah. see those little white clip on things with the little plastic beads that fit your airbrush and give the yeah. batter, that's that, <laughs> this is the man that came up with that in the first place and very kindly yeah. uh, edited it out. And I, I guess the files are still out there for people to print if they want to. And they sure do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And uh, I have them on, on my own website now for download for free for anyone who wants them. Okay, so I'll, I'll uh, put a link to your website on there. The other thing you have, which yeah. not a lot of people do, you had the Deadner calculator on there. Is that right? That oh, was yeah, a, that's still on there. Had, which was amazing. So, you, you it, know, it, if you've got a... I used to have it as an app as well, uh, both for Windows, Apple, and Android. And they've all de died now because uh, they keep updating the operating systems and... Uh, I don't want to spend no. all the money. It's just, it's still on the website. So we'll put a link up there on the, on the show notes for that. But it, I've used that a few times where like you've got a quantity of silicon, yeah. you know, it's going to take 138 grams to fill this mold and you want it at 85% deadener, but you don't know what those numbers are going to be. And then you just put it in the thing and it just comes yeah. out and you're like, Oh, it's, it's a whole bunch of hassle. I mean, that's a very generous thing to do just to put that up there. And it's, it's you know, uh, just a, a fun. I, I need to do similar versions for, for urethane foams and with have yes. these uh, really odd measurements and it's not very tricky to do those but it, um, just yeah. well, I it's need a time thing as well get you them to, done yeah. wait you're yeah. you're clearly not math challenged like like i am oh i am that's why i need these apps <laughs> so i spend like a uh, a number of hours figuring it out and then putting it all into an excel sheet so i don't have to think afterwards because the afterwards is always when when I can't think. No, exactly. You've had enough now. Yeah, <laughs> I've done my my work. I don't want to have to do some maths a math exam afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awful. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll put the link to that. And and you had some yeah some really cool like hair punching video tutorials and a whole bunch of molding and plaster tutorials. Are they still on the website? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, they're all there. They're all uh, some of them are getting a bit old now because I I have all of these ideas for new videos, but time is never enough. It's no, like, exactly. It's one of those things. The but problem. there's still good information, you know, even if it's not the, yeah. the latest fidelity of image. But even that, the trouble with that is, if everything's in 4K, it just takes ages to download anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I I learned all about the crown punching needles yeah. from Lars. Good, <laughs> and that and that was a. Boy, that was that was it a lifesaver. Quite a game changer. It is makes things so quick Amazing. compared to any other. Oh technique. yeah, I still use um, like a classic needle still for, for eyelashes. I, I wouldn't use the crown needles and uh, right, but uh, for hairline you need a no no for needle. hairlines I always use the but, the crown. Yeah, do you? I do. Uh, it's more of a. Uh, that, that's also for for download on for free on my website. Uh, I created this little hair holder, magnetic hair holder, so you can quite easily hold uh, short hairs. Uh, let's see if I can Ooh. find one here. I like that. Uh, so you don't punch. So you don't punch into your fingers. Oh, 
I can't find one here right now, but it, it, they're inside. Uh, but you can see them on, on my, my website, on the web shop. I don't think they're there. on and the your website. The in case people website. are wondering, is uh, makeup dash fx. It's makeup dash, yeah, dot com. And then the, the shop is makeup dash fx dash shop dot com. Snazzy, yeah, and the and the uh, the yeah. uh, where is it? The if you click on the tutorials link, yeah, you, you click down the fourth tab down the silicon calculator, it's an absolute godsend. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that before for all of us that are handicapped in the math department, yeah. Well, no, but it's just it saves so much time, and also if you if you have done it yourself in your head or quickly, it's nice to you know verify it with a with, a, with yeah. a, an equation that's not going to be wrong so amazing <laughs> nice one dude thank you yeah. so if people want to follow you and see your stuff what how do we find you on on the socials on instagram i'm guessing you're uh, they there. can find me they can find me on instagram at, at makeupfx as one word uh, no dashes nothing uh, and then on facebook is just lars carlson and they find a picture of my my bearded bald mug <laughs> there and uh I'm not. I'm not really on. I'm not doing Twitter. I'm not doing uh, Snapchats or nothing like that. I don't really have time for any of it. No, I never understood Snapchat or t I'm not TikTok nah. or anything like that. I think I'm probably a bit too old for the TikTok thing. So there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> My kids have started using uh, what is it? Disc, disc. I want to say Discworld. But I don't mean Discord. Discord, oh, yeah. which is like group chat for games mm. and things but I, again i look at that and i'm like i don't understand you have the twitch twitch and everything for but yeah I don't i've seen some I'm, people I'm, are I'm doing super... twitch uh, accounts for for showing makeups but uh i i don't have the energy for no, <laughs> learning I... more things. i'd love to i mean yeah it's one of those things where like i didn't understand about 3d printing a few years ago and now i use it all the time so maybe i could look into it but yeah. there's only so many things my brain can hold yeah at once i feel like i've, I've maxed out already but I, I, <laughs> as soon as i hear about a new uh social platform i try to go there as soon as possible to to just book my name to right. book makeup fx so i have that if uh, you want it you can use it yeah yeah uh, so yeah. i'm trying to just lock myself in there as quickly as possible yeah very wise but uh, most of them are being unused very cool well thank you very much lars it feels like a good point to thank kind you. of wind that up we've kept you talking for over about an hour and a half the first 10 minutes of me yeah. was just fucking swearing at my microphone and you hearing what sounded like a jet engine taking off but luckily we didn't hear you swearing a lot of no the because microphone wasn't working. the microphone was busted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, this has been fun catching up. It's it's been it's been way too long. Yeah, it was really good fun. Yes, it has been. I haven't seen you in in real life for how many years is it, Todd? Gosh, two thousand nine. Was it really that long ago? Well, yeah. yeah. Holy cow! Ele Eleven years ago since I saw you. Oh my in, gosh! In yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, we we, ha we have to change. Yeah. That. Well, when people can start flying again, I mean, you yeah, can come over definitely. here, Todd. I've got a, a spare room, and then we can recover get your get your uk legs and yeah. then we'll hop on over to sweden i'm ready i've never been i'm yeah. sure it'll be fun we'll have a good time you're always welcome here <laughs> looking looking forward to a face-to-face -face soon that would be really good awesome thanks guys <laughs> cool. take care guys take Talk care soon. thanks man yeah. i was just looking up on the uh, apple podcasts 
just to check on our ratings and stuff. 4.9 stars we have, which is really, really lovely. 35 ratings. Wow. Um, so that's that's nice. People are liking. So if you are interested in um, in, in, in doing that, uh, maybe listen. I mean, not everybody listens on Apple Podcasts. I myself am... Um, you know, a, an Android user, but um, I'm interested to see what uh, what people think. And if you want to leave a nice review and say nice things about us, that'd be lovely because it helps us. I think it helps partly secure. We have fragile egos though. So be gentle. We do have fragile egos, but I think it's also quite nice when you're trying to secure guests because you can point someone to it and they can see, you know, the uh, go, go to it to check it out and they go, Oh yeah. And, and, and see what it is rather than, I don't know. Oh, it just you helps. Have a good rating. I'll do your podcast. There we go. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It's one of those things that just uh, that 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 maybe helps secure it. Uh, let me find. Yes. Let me find. I was wondering if I could open up the ratings and reviews. There we go. So I'll just read you. I'll, I'll read you some of the reviews. We've got uh, the latest one is another brilliant discussion. Get me through a long drive home after a long day on set by RMCMUA. Uh, packed with info, set life and workshop stories. Love this podcast. Chill discussions with two makeup men that, who aren't up their own ass. What more do you want? <laughs> At least not all well, the time. I, 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 up their own ass. And they used a dollar sign for the S, which is sweets, because I guess maybe Apple Podcast would yeah, be upset about that. It's very, very cool. Oh, thank you very much. That's um, funny. Uh, yeah. was the other one from that? BCW Jester has said, great way to lose yourself for a few hours. Amazing to listen to any spare moment. Truly great work and dedication, guys. Love them all. Oh, thank you. So there's loads of really cool ones. I've been really bad about reading the reviews. For the longest Made time. my day. Oh, we got one two-star review. I want to go find that. What does the two-star review say? DDDD. I have to know. Uh, where is that? I haven't used iTunes. Deborah Sini's just dragging Stuart down. <laughs> Actually, the two-star review is... Cut him loose. The two-star review, I think... There, there's no comment on it. I want to see what that comment would have been. But there we go. But out of the 35 reviews we have, uh, 34 of them are four-star, but someone left a two-star review. So maybe I was off my game that day. But you know what? It's just that's the way it goes. But it's one of those weird things, man. It's a very niche subject. And there's not too many people talking about stuff uh, about, you know, specific things. I mean, I listen to all kinds of podcasts for different things. And there are some that I don't like. And, you know, you have the right to dislike it, of course. But we like doing it. So I'll try my best. I'm sure you do. We assume we can. We do like so that's cool. It. But yeah, if you want to get in touch, leave us a message. You can leave us a voice message directly on the website, which is battleswithbitsrubber.com, or you can drop us an email uh, at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, just drop us a line and get suggestions for things that you would like to see. I mean, at the moment, I've been enjoying looking through um, the 911 and various forums. When I see like a trend in questions or things that are quite interesting, I think, oh, maybe I should talk to Todd about that because that would be a really good thing to talk. Like the Alginate thing. I think I may go back and, and revisit the effects lab forum because all of that stuff is still archived and, and available. It's um, theeffectslab.com. Oh man, we should put that link up and uh, people can go and have a look. But it's a, it's a really cool logo. I remember the faces and all that. There must be a T-shirt with that. Maybe I have to get one of those if they do one because that uh, that was a very um, yeah a, a, a warm and welcoming. Well, one of the rules one of the rules was you know you can't can't talk shit about anybody. Yeah, well that's a reasonable thing. <laughs> Just talk. It is. You can talk shit about shit, but not about people. So yeah. I hate to stamp silicone. <laughs> Amazing. Silicone killed my paw. <laughs> well, dude, I think that wraps that up. It's been a, a hefty episode this time. Um, thanks for listening all. 
do, do appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. And we hope, we hope that, yeah, we hope it'll be soon. Amazing. Cheers, dude. Take care of yourself, man. Cheers. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye. Bye. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media.